This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Here we are again, TJ, our next episode. And actually, it is our last episode of this season. So we are wrapping up season two, uh, episode 10. And now this is wrapping up our second season, but actually this is our first year. So we, the way we've planned it out is we have two seasons a year. So we are wrapping up this year of podcasting, our very first year, uh, wrapping up this calendar year right, of 2021. Uh, and so all of our audience out there, welcome to New Year's. And probably whenever you listen to this, it'll probably be long into 2022 potentially. But as we're recording it, we're just kind of wrapping up a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming to uh, completion. It's a busy time. We're kind of coming off of, you know, Advent, Christmas, New Year's, all those kinds of things where, you know, a lot of people have traveled, a lot of people have come to visit your church that don't normally show up on any given Sunday. I know for us, that was encouraging. And we're going to dive into some of the positive pieces, but uh, probably like half of the people that came to our Christmas Eve service were people that we don't see typically on a Sunday. And so that was a, a a big uh, opportunity to share with some people that we normally don't have uh, an ongoing relationship with. And so God's doing good things in the midst of all of them. I try to stay out of the way, but oftentimes uh, that tends to happen, but he is faithful in the midst of all of this. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, coming out of the Christmas season, we had a lot of staff meeting earlier today and we were talking about, we kind of went back through our whole Christmas season and, all the events we had and kind of reviewing different stuff and talking about next year, things we want to change or do again and those kinds of things. But, but yeah, that was one of the things that we brought up too, because we had a lot of visitors on Christmas Eve and there were a lot of people that we'd never seen before and people from the community or whatever, which was just really awesome uh, to have the interaction with people. And I don't know about you, TJ, we hadn't talked about this before we pushed record, but I know for us, like I said, our Christmas Eve was pretty big. We had a lot of people. We had some of our regulars. Not a lot of our regular church people actually were there. It was all of our visitors that we pushed our numbers up to kind of what we expected them to be, which was, you know, a little bit odd. But then also in our Sunday right after, because, you know, again, we had Christmas Eve was on Friday, Christmas Day, Saturday, right? The 26th on Sunday. And like, and it was one of our lowest Sundays of the year uh, on the 26th. So it, it seemed like we kind of went from this huge high on Christmas Eve uh, to a really sparse day on the 26th. And so, you know, traditionally for us, usually it's uh, it's the 4th of July weekend is our lowest attended Sunday of the year. Um, but I think, I think December 26th was, was almost took that prize. Yeah. And we had that because we got hit by in some areas around the Seattle area, uh, like 12 inches, we got like a foot of snow. And so we were super light um, I was surprised at who showed up on that 26th Sunday um, because I wasn't expecting a lot of people, but um, we were going to, and I can walk into the church. So we wanted to make sure that we had something for our church family to interact with and, and to have some content. And so 
we went through and we did it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> again, one of those encouraging things, we have a, uh, a young 20 year old couple and they've been helping uh, with children's and our coffee ministry. She's been helping being a barista and stuff. And he's been helping with children's. And we just did a Christmas performance through the church called Scrooge during the holiday season. Um, and so we, they were a part of that. And he like decided he didn't want to risk coming out in the car, but he legit in the midst of that hopped on a bus, took city transportation and made his way all the way in just so that he was there um, if the kiddos needed him and family showed up for children's church. And so like when I think wow. of those things in the midst of even though the numbers weren't um, great, uh, just the faithfulness of some of those people, again, that are there that again, as a 20 something, uh, you know, he could have easily phoned this in of like, I don't have kids. Like I could just sleep in. I could love this silent night, like this, this, this winter wonderland and the commitment and faithfulness of God's people to show up in the midst of that. So like you said, there's, um, a silver lining in some of those things, even though it wasn't, uh, maybe blockbuster standing room only, uh, they were there. I would say as I'm wearing my Seahawks stuff, there was a game that Sunday and magically a lot of those people made it to the Seahawks stadium though. So there hmm. are some, some on that, huh? even, even though, uh, we aren't playing for much anymore now because, uh, that loss really took us out. That's a whole nother subject. Anyhow, just to see the faithfulness of God's people and to see that he's working. And so in the midst of that, how do we work in unison with what he is calling us and how do we use this as a springboard or identify with those things to move us forward into 22, as you said, just to be able to make sure that we're capitalizing on those things. What are we equipped with? Where do we feel called to work with? What are the pieces where people um, are already intersecting with those, like we said, that showed up on a Christmas Eve service that don't normally come? How do we meet them at their point of need? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think to, as we look at that, um, you know, yeah, there's so many things that we can look at that are encouraging. And I, again, I think if you, just, I think the point being, right, if you just look at the normal metrics, right, of, you know, what the church typically follows, right, which is, you know, attendance numbers, giving numbers, right, and usually that's really about all we track, right. And again, if you just look at those metrics, like it doesn't give you a good picture of what God's really doing. And I think, again, for whatever church you're a part of, no matter what size church you are, never feel like that, you know, again, that you are less important to God or to his kingdom, uh, or, and definitely don't be defined by those metrics, right? Because um, again, like we said, that's, uh, you know, we've all experienced smaller attendance numbers, you know, in, in the last few years, right? As COVID has caused all these kind of crazy things, but yet we've seen God work in, in incredible ways. Again, as I talk about it, for us, right, the 26th Sunday was, was really low physical attendance, but yet our online numbers were out of this world. Like, again, we saw that we're like, oh my goodness, like, well, we know where everybody is. They're at home online. That's where they are. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to see that. But, um, but, but yeah, and now as I'm sitting here, we're getting hammered with snow in Boise, like literally today. We've had um, all this. So, yeah, but we're a little more set up to deal with it than you guys are in Seattle. So, so that is uh, yeah, a little bit different, but you guys got way more than we've even had. So that's crazy. Yeah. And I think that's kind of different. So again, this is kind of one of those subcategories that you process through as a new person going to an established church and those things. Um, what do we do? Like, when do we shut down? And for me, there was snow, but yeah, where you guys are in Boise, I mean, 
you get snow, people still expect you to be there. And like, you know, for the most part, they deal with the roads properly and they get some of those things. They're ready for that because they know it comes all the time. And so um, I was just like, don't rely on me because if it's based off what I think, I think Boise. So I'm still thinking like, hey, we should show up. So I want people to stay home and to be safe and only venture out if they need to. Again, because we have a lot of those hills and a lot of things. But I want to touch on one of the things that you just talked on um, as far as those metrics, so to speak. And one of the things that in this year that I kind of had with our, you know, we talk about C4 and this opportunity to kind of see stuff. There was a book out there called Kingdom Come by the author Reggie McNeil. And he was one of the faculty for the C4 Institute. And Reggie kind of did this thing that you were kind of just talking about. He talked about it in terms of uh, recalibrating the scorecard. You know, you were talking in metrics of dollars and, you know, booties and pews kind of thing is like those correlations. But like, how do we, um, you know, look at those things? How have they changed? How have they morphed? And you just ended with one of those is like online presence. If people still can't make it in, but they're engaging in a different way. Now that doesn't, uh, you know, change our desire to be in fellowship and community. It just means right now in some of these things with COVID and weather and those, we've had to adjust and we've had to pivot a little bit. So some of the old metrics that we used might not be the same way. So if your head usher counts and says, well, we only had this many this day, this indeed, like you said, is worse than July 4th. Um, you can look at it and say this, I found this to be true with ours too. We had uh, over triple what we would normally have online because we were lighter. And so like, that was just a metric that we could look at and say, okay, people are still engaging, but the weather was uh, prohibitive to them getting in. And so I think recalibrating that scorecard that we don't just fall in love with uh, you raw numbers. And I think we've kind of wanted to move this direction as a church for a while, like as a whole, like it's not just based on, you know, we're a mega church. We have all these people, we must be right. It's like, what does discipleship look like? How are people diving in? How are they getting deeper? The story that I just said, they're willing to go the extra mile and hop on city transportation to make sure that they take that serious of discipleship of loving on the next generation. And so when you mm -hmm. see those things, that person showing up in that capacity to say, this is my ministry. This is what I do is far more important. I know we got to keep the lights on and stuff, but that's far more important to me than them dropping a large year end check in the bucket, the ability to move forward. I think God can make up those differences, but we need some of those lay people to step up. And so that's why that was in particular, more of an encouragement for me. So I think as we move into the new year, what does that scorecard look like? What did we see? How do we change that? How does that make um, more sense? What is a, a new metric? Like you said, online attendance, but maybe giving opportunities for us to engage in another meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. So, which is a great segue as we play into kind of what we talked about today, again, as we're wrapping up this year, this calendar year, we're wrapping up our first year of podcasting, our second season, again, our final episode here. We just kind of thought about, I thought it'd just be fun to kind of sit back, think about the year. Like I said, again, as you were saying, you were, you and Courtney were working on your kind of year end report. I literally just wrote my year end report too for our annual meeting here just the other day. And, and so just as we're kind of reflecting back on those things, I think uh, what well, just to 
reflect on where our churches are at, some of the, some big, the our biggest victory that we've kind of felt, um, maybe our biggest struggle. Again, I think we've all been pretty open, right? As we've talked in this podcast, if you're a regular listener, you know that, that we're not shy about saying like, hey, we're, we don't have this figured out. We're just going to talk through it and try to try to figure out what to do next, you know, because we're learning with you. Um, so what, again, what's our kind of biggest struggle been uh, with that? And then also just, just a way that we saw God work in our churches. Um, but I think before we jump into that specifically within Fairview and Oregon Trail and kind of in those contexts, let's just talk about just our, our, just the podcast in general. Again, here we are a year in, like I said, I, I think uh, one of the biggest encouragements for me, I think with a podcast is actually hearing back from some people that have listened, right. And saying, you know, hearing some feedback from, uh, you know, I mean, not just encouragement from, you know, friends or whatever, but, but also just how some of our conversations have actually really helped people, uh, you know, and things that they were struggling with or, you know, questions they had or whatever it is uh, just to hear, how God has used some of these episodes, you know, uh, to, to actually help people in their, in their life and in their ministry and in the roles that God's put them in. And I think when we talk about talking about metrics and kind of those things, again, just, you know, yeah, we're, we're a, a pretty new podcast. Uh, you know, neither one of us are celebrity pastors. So, you know, neither is, we don't have a huge following. I think when I, and it would be easy to look at our, you know, just our downloads and plays and, you know, reviews and things on the platforms and be like, man, like our podcast is terrible. Like nobody even cares. Like, why are we even doing it? You know? Um, but like I said, but that's been one of the encouragements for me, right. Is that we have, I have heard from people and I, I know you kind of have too. So, uh, you know, just seeing, hearing some of that from people has been a good encouragement. How about for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, these are things that give us an opportunity to have a discussion. And I think these are things that we are living out, you know, I mean, I think, they are, and in essence, what we do, it's, it's our testimony to be able to share how we walk through these things. And it might not uh, always fit the model where someone is serving or maybe even the capacity because they may be, you know, we talked about a lay leader or an elder or something like that. Um, but this really does help uh, people kind of discuss those things. It gets the subject matter out on the table. It makes you feel like you're not alone. And especially if you're launching out in this role as a first time pastor, um, especially during a pandemic, it, it's good to know that you're not alone. Obviously we know that our faith is rooted in God, but at the same time, man, these things are difficult and everybody's struggling with them to some extent. Like, you know, I've talked with pastors that have been in the ministry for over 40 years and they're just like, man, this has been the hardest two years that I've ever had to pastor. And so again, some of those things have changed the landscape of where we're at and, and what we do. But I think, you know, really knowing that uh, who is our source of supply <laughs> and then how do we continue to move forward? But I think this podcast, again, is to start the conversation again, not that we're experts, but just this is our testimony. This is what we're going through. This is how we arrive there. And if it's any bit of encouragement, at least from the standpoint that someone is not alone, um, then that's a win, right? We do it for, even if it's for the one, you know, because who knows what person needs to hear this at this time. Uh, part of it, like you said, is, is a relational value between you and I to have a uh, ability to connect, to share, to have some of those things. And I think that that's invaluable to people. And so like, again, if you're hearing this, um, please don't process this alone. You know, you were saying you have your meeting. I had a meeting last night with our elders and, um, you know, we're always processing through 
We're always trying to work. We're always seeking God in the process. And that's basically one of the, we're discussing a, a whether rather a heady kind of thing that we're dealing with. And it was like, Hey, let's all just hit pause. If we need to, let's remember what our bylaws and those things um, that we've set out for our mission and who God has called us to be. Let's pray about it and let's see if God will speak to us in a way. And so I think, you know, again, at the end of the year, we find ourselves in that. So yeah, good, good content to be able to do it. But yeah, hopefully this is an encouragement for others. We're committed to it because, um, you know, it, it helps us, but hopefully along the way, it can help others as well. So absolutely. All right. So let's jump in. Uh, think about just context for again, Oregon Trail, right? Caldwell, Idaho, Boise metro area. You're in the heart of Seattle at Fairview. Um, so let's just kind of start out um, to say biggest, biggest victory that we felt. If you just kind of summarize the last year, right? Uh, in that, do you want to start or do you want me to go? Go for it. All right. I, I'll say, you know, as I was thinking about this, I, and we kind of already touched about it a little bit, but as I kind of reflecting back on our last year and, and again, we've, we've talked about, we've been pretty open that again, I'm in a very different context, you know, in, in, in my Boise, Idaho, you know, Metro area, I'm a lot more rural and uh, you know, out, especially in Caldwell um, on the edge. And so again, the, you know, we haven't dealt with the, dealt with the COVID stuff as much as you have this last year. I mean, a lot of ways it feels like the COVID's kind of pretty much over, you know, at, at our place, like pretty much everything is back to normal, but it's not like, I mean, it feels like it is, but yeah, there are still people with masks and there's still all of the same debates that we all deal with all over the country, you know, are still going on here, but, um, but from a program perspective, you know, and just kind of moving forward church wise, like we are pretty much back to normal. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, protocols. We just know that, you know, if people get sick, they stay home and we encourage them to do that. We still, you know, I mean, we always clean our building, we always sanitize stuff. We're, we're always thinking about that, but you know, we've done through that. But one of the things, like I said, as we have kind of gotten more back to normal this last year, uh, one of the most encouraging things for me, I think the biggest victory for us as just as a congregation as a whole is our just overall engagement levels with people. And, you know, I, I've seen that with, and again, like, and we've kind of talked about like our attendance numbers are not, are not even back to where they were pre-pandemic. Um, I mean, we're close and I think we, you know, we are really close, but, uh, but it, it's definitely not, not over what we were, you know, two years ago, um, which like I said, if, if, if we took that, that could be like very discouraging, right. To think about, man, we've lost out, but you're like, everybody's lost attendance. Like, I think that's just, we just know that. Right. But I think looking at that as I look back at our engagement levels and and as far as um, how how much people are engaging in, um, again, our um, our financial numbers have been better the last two years than we've ever seen in the history of the church. Like our volunteer level, uh, you know, the ones that are here are, are volunteering, they're serving. We've got we we pulled a whole bunch of new people into like our security team and like kids team and like and you know we've had just people step up in just all kinds of ways and volunteer wise. They said again we talked about like trunk or treat like in that event like we had more people show up with cars and to serve and it just ran so smoothly and it was again and like was just our church. I mean it was way bigger volunteer wise than we've had the last several years and even the year before that we literally did it with another church in the middle of COVID that was using our building. And like, yet we still had more engagement with people serving at that event than we've ever had before. Um, I think even looking back, like, again, go, working through our budgeting process and through that, um, we, 
as we were looking through that, we have a lineup where we, again, we have these spiritual growth classes and where we, we invest into those. We like buy books for them and online spiritual gift tests and like some of this other stuff. And like going back through our year in numbers and to see that, like we, that line item was overdrawn by like, I mean, a lot of money. And I went back and looked at that. And even with my treasurer and even some of our board members, we look at that and we're like, man, what happened? And I look back and I'm like, we, we've just had that many people go through the classes that we had to buy that many resources. And like, and, and again, that was just a really cool thing to look back at that. And even to have, even my budget committee sit there looking like, how awesome that we destroyed that line item, right? Like we were over budget so far, but like, but it was because of engagement numbers because we had so many people going through those. And so that was just really encouraging. And I think, and that was just been one of our biggest victories that we've seen in this last year for sure uh, was, was how those engagement numbers have just, have just really gone up a lot. And so that was just, uh, again, biggest victory. I mean, go, yeah, God, again, I'm not, you know, saying that it's just that God's working in people's hearts and lives and they're just really taking their faith a lot more seriously. So how about you, TJ? What, uh, uh what do you think about, uh, what's been kind of think back through Fairview this year? What's kind of been one of your biggest victories? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we have a few of those same things that are, um, you know, beneficial as far as some of the buy-in, some of those things. I look back even, you know, from old metrics, our church uh, has grown during the pandemic. Now we were smaller uh, in nature, but we have grown uh, during this time. And so that's been encouraging. And that's an old metric again, as we were talking about, but the actual physical attendance has grown since we've been here. And that's just, again, I think part of the fresh, uh, you know, part of the spirit kind of blowing in and and being able to encourage and do things and some momentum that's happening. And so there's some of those there. We, some of the highlights for me, again, personally, there's going to be one that I'm a little bit more biased. We had a couple uh, baptisms that stuck out to me, like to kick off the year, we had a guy that is um, basically about my age. We're like born in like within a month of each other. Um, And he'd grown up in the church. And uh, to kick off, you know, last year's New Year's uh, service, he got, or at the beginning of this year, I guess, he got um, baptized. And it was just like, even though he grew up in the church, he just made this commitment. And it was so encouraging to see um, not only him to come to that point in his faith, but just the excitement, again, that it had with some of those people that knew him growing up for the last like 40 years, right? Like, they were so encouraged and excited for him. And then, you know, uh, for Easter Sunday, rolling into that, uh, I got a chance to, on that same part, baptize our middle uh, daughter. Um, so that was uh, a joy for me. That's, that's going to be a highlight oh, yeah. anytime as, as, as a dad, just as a side note. But those were some of the ones that stick out. Um, you know, our engagement with, because we have a child center, I think that's one of the things where you were just alluding to newcomers and things like that. So quarterly, we had a buy-in to uh, have an engagement piece with them, whether that was, you know, like you said, at a chunk or treat or something like that. And those numbers and the buy-in um, were great, including partnering with them to help meet needy families. Um, they were all on board to help in that capacity. And then kind of one of the things that we do this, it's kind of been a tradition that's every other year. Um, so, excuse me, we did it two years ago, which would have been 19 in December. Um, and we came in February of 20. So a couple months before we came, it's called the Scrooge play that I kind of talked about a little bit earlier. 
and we are a smaller church in the stuff in the sense of where that is but just to see what that brought in so the, the community that it creates for this we had our largest attendance ever for this uh performance and it we were able to give a couple thousand dollars because they actually charged for it and they were able to give you know some money to the union gospel mission um to help proceeds go there and then i was just checking it before we came on um again from our church and this uh you know thing being posted on youtube and you know I, again always something you know we want to try to improve the audio do those things after fact but it's now reached over like 4200 views and so that's like in this month right we did it the 10th and 11th we did two performances so in the last not even three weeks over 4,000 views on that. And so that's pretty wow. cool that again, just you never know what you're gonna do or what impact we have. And again, goes back to the point that we were just talking about. Um, not that our metric is that 42,000 people at this point in 21 days have heard this podcast. However, you just never know. And so I think part of this that has been the recipe for me is stepping forward in obedience. There's not an overcomplicated way of that, but just saying, yes, Lord, I'm here. And sometimes that's the best that we can do. Uh, otherwise, you know, especially if we can hear it clearly, if you have that, then man, more power to you. But sometimes if you don't, or if you do, and you, you go the opposite, you can end up in the belly of a big fish. And in Seattle, they have flying fish down at Pike's Place Market. And those things have gone back to normal. I've seen some of the flying fish around here. So yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, those are some of the things that I would say uh, over the year, just engagement with some of our biggest outreaches, again, like the Child Center, um, a play that we're known for that brought in people that had a chance that maybe had left or not been in a while to engage. Um, and just, you know, baptism, seeing people move forward in their faith, because that's what our whole purpose is, is so that there would be some form of in a churchy word assimilation that they could then go and disciple others as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you, you know, as we look back again to reflect through those things, and I will say just as a side note, is that I think some of the most significant experiences I probably ever had as a pastor or a dad is baptizing my own kids. Um, that, that again is incredibly special. And so, yeah, just, you know, thinking about that, I mean, again, I've baptized all three of my boys, um, at different times. And so that absolutely, uh, yeah, incredible. So, but again, just, just to see those stories, right. I mean, whether it's in our own families, uh, and those within our churches and, and, you know, just to see God work and move people. And ultimately, like, I mean, that's our goal, right? Like that, that's our entire mission. I mean, no matter what church you're in, whether it's established church or, you know, a church plant or a dying church or a growing church, or, you know, if the, if the uh, revitalization is working or if it's not working, I, I mean, we all have the same goal, right? And that is to, to see God glorified and, and to see a spirit transform people's lives. And, uh, you know, just to, to, to ultimately to see that, uh, but again, I think that's the biggest reminder, or maybe the, the biggest victory that we can have ultimately is just remembering that it is God's church, that he's the Lord of the harvest, right? That it's, it is his spirit and his power, right? And uh, yeah, and you know, we're just, we're just reflections of that light. And, and, you know, again, we need to say that to find those victories. And that's how we truly find those victories, right? Is letting his spirit work. And, and us, like you said, get out of the way sometimes. Right. Well, I mean, it's been so easy you know, one of the things we've had to learn is, is to lean in, in the midst of them, because we could totally have those and child center pun intended, because we did have a Winnie the Pooh room, but um, it's like, we could get into these Eeyore moments, like, woe is me, 
and we can find those anywhere, right? Like, um, oh, our family has COVID or we have these different things or we just can't. You know, Satan loves to get us confused. He loves to render us in neutral. You know, the Bible speaks of it in terms of being lukewarm, that we're not on fire for our faith to move the ball forward, um, whether that's personally or who we're discipling. And so I think that that's uh, strategic, right? And, and in the other part of this, you know, I think the reoccurring theme that I'm hearing between these is community, because in a place where Satan can win is in isolation. That's, again, why the word says when two or more are gathered. So when we can make that uh, a priority to assemble together for his namesake and for uh, under his kingship, then those are the moments where, uh, for lack of a better term, to be edgy, right? We can say hell no to Satan, right? That's just, that's the term, because we just want to say, no, greater is he who is in me than he who is in this broken world. And we're trying to run this race to win the prize. Uh, and thank God that that's not here, because in this part, it has been difficult. And I think anyone that says, oh, it's just been, you know, incredibly easy. It's been super. I would say, you know, uh, I'd want to, you know, process through that a little bit more, maybe. But it's given God the opportunity to show up in radical ways that you can't deny that he is a living God, that he is at work and that he is still with us, that things that operate, even when science tells us you can't do this or you can't do that, or, he's a God that operates outside of the bell curve. That is a God of miracles and a God that is constantly with us. Absolutely. So shift gears a little bit. We're going to actually step into the ER, ER room here for a second and to say, so what's been our biggest struggles, right? Um, Cause again, as we know, right. I mean, with victories also come struggles. And, and again, that's, that's just the reality of life and ministry. Um, and so, see, I went first last time. So now it's your turn. Step into the Eeyore room and uh, give us what's, what's been a big struggle that you've seen last, last year. Yeah. I mean, I think some of those things, again, as they strengths and weaknesses can also be in the same category, you know, like um, we can be uh, people, people, but sometimes that, you know, can be a, a difficult thing in that we get busy and distracted. And so I think sometimes uh, for us, uh, the piece that is trying to, even though we've had uh, engagement with the community, um, one would be that we serve on the uh, community council that governs, you know, kind of for our neighborhood. And we've had some roadblocks and adversity. Seattle is not a place that is, um, you know, as church friendly as Boise is. I mean, you know, you look at those things um, in that area and some of that's going to be influenced, of course, by the LDS and some of those things that if it's weird as a core pro-family kind of thing, um, they're going to say, no, we don't want that. And, and it, not to make this a political thing, but you could see those things like um, legalizing marijuana and stuff like that. Again, moving back into the state, our kids were like, man, there's a lot of skunks here, you know, like that, that were out in the country. And we had to like recalibrate, hey, no, that that's the thing. And it, it's, it's here, it's legal and, and some of those things, but really just um, engaging with our community in a meaningful way, again, that is, um, that's tangible. So like we have things planned out for the next year that we feel like hopefully we were, some of the hardships where we were handcuffed, right? Some of the vehicles that we use to get to those things we weren't afforded because of social distancing and we're not completely out of that um, where you guys are. It's just a different world. Um, so, you know, we have things on the horizon of an Easter egg hunt for the community at the park. Um, I know that that sounds 
you know, simplistic, but it's another blip to show who we are through our Savior. And so I think those things are like, I just talked about some of them as a, as a positive, but we could always do more. And it's kind of based off of how we're equipped. How do we want to do those things? So when you come to a church where you have a lot of people that have walked with the Lord for a while, one of the biggest strengths that I see for our congregation um, that I want to capitalize on more is we have to get them to intersect with people that don't have a faith. And so um, I don't want to be the best kept secret in Seattle. That is, I don't want to be a secret church. I don't want to be a prohibition speakeasy that people have to like seek us out in some weird way. Like I want us to, to know, Hey, they're a vital part of the community. And if they cease to exist, we would miss them in some capacity, whether that's, they offer child care center, they offer, you know, events for the community to engage and they want to see Maple Leaf a better place. And so those are the parts where, you know, we're hoping to get more traction. We've got that again, you probably can talk about this of, you probably had more of those early on building with in-house before you get ready to go outside the walls and do some of those things. But that's just where we're at. And in a year, uh, you know, we're kind of rounding the base into almost year two. We've been handcuffed by a lot of those things. How do we do them? So how do we find ways? And again, creative ways we've tried, but I don't know that all of them have um, landed exactly. I mean, it, you know, you can only do so many um drive-in movie theaters we still have a big uh sheet up on the side of our our building it's actually a white tarp but we can do drive-in movies and they just tune into the fm frequency and they watch it but that's tough right like we get people on the campus but because of covid times and stuff we don't really get a chance to engage if you get them there and then they stay in their capsule called a card it's basically a bubble so you know again there's just some things like yeah. that that i would still want us to be able to have relational value um you know, our board has been going through, we again, met last night and kind of that radical piece. And we were just, it's not like a, an anthem for where we go, but we're processing through a book called Love Does by Bob Goff. And just kind of that point of uh, Randy, this young life leader in the book, if you haven't read it, just as kind of like in the first chapter, he's just like, I want to be there. I want to be present. He talks about it in Emmanuel, God with us. How do we show that? And it comes to this point where he just got married and ends up going with Bob to this place where he wants to go to like Yosemite and become a uh, rock climber and stuff like that. And so anyhow, those kinds of things, I think for us is still to be desired. So those are the moments where we need to still engage. And part of that helps us die to self. It helps us prepare for who we are and what God's doing that we don't merely exist for ourselves. But those are some of the areas like uh, I want us to get better at. And it's not because necessarily that we're terrible it's just we haven't had the opportunity and so those are the moments where you get frustrated you're like if we could only do um so yeah a lot of prayer and a lot of those things of how can we engage how can we have those meaningful things and then once we get them in the next phase from there would be obviously how do we disciple them in a meaningful way to where they can continue to reach others in a tangible authentic relationship with jesus christ yeah cool so yeah, thanks for again, just kind of the like a transparency, right? Of just of some of the struggles that are there. And so, like I said, some of it is COVID, some of it's your just environment, neighborhood, you know, just the city, uh, you know, different things playing to that. And like I said, as we kind of talked about that, and I think about part of our biggest struggle, and I was kind of thinking back through that, 
Um, I, I mean, ours is kind of like you, like you said, we've been haven't dealt with so many community restrictions and COVID, but I think part of one of our biggest struggle has been almost on the flip side of that because everything is open and there isn't a lot of restrictions as far as how people gather and kind of whatever. Now there are some in our Valley. And again, our, our treasure Valley spans two different counties and definitely, you know, there's been very different expectations in our two counties, um, you know, cause we're in Canyon County. We're on the kind of the, the West end of the Valley. And there's been a, a lot um, less expectation, ex expectations of social distancing and restrictions and those kind of things than what has been in Ada County and the other side. And that's where the downtown is and more kind of the Boise city center. And so there have been more you know, restrictions there. But like I said, one of our biggest struggles that I've really seen this last year is because there, there are more gatherings, our things are happening and that yeah, people have this underlying feeling of like, yeah, we've missed out on so much for so long. Now we're just going to do this and that. And we're throwing more parties and, you know, they're making it, whether it's sports teams or school stuff or family reunions. Like it felt like as so many things got pushed off, like the year before that, like now when those restrictions were lifted here, that people just kind of like went nuts. Right. And like overscheduled everything, you know? And so just the busy schedules. And I think we fought that in our culture. I think, especially in the church, you know, it, it feels like we fought that a long time of just, there's so many things pulling people and families in so many different directions that, you know, a church somehow ends up on the bottom of the priority list. And, and like, I've definitely seen that here though, too, uh, of just where um, I feel, felt like, you know, we went from everything was canceled to now we've got everything running and it's all running at a faster pace. Um, and people are trying to make up for lost time or whatever it is. And it feels like we always, you know, end up, um, you know, on the short end of the stick as the church. And so that's, that, that's been, um, that's been a, a, a struggle for, for me, at least as a leader, right. Of seeing that. Uh, and it's like, okay, like, you know, again, you still hear, cause again, COVID's not over. Like, and I understand that people still are concerned about it or whatever. And like, again, people have told me like, well, we just don't feel comfortable coming back to church because, you know, we don't want to, you know, catch or be close. People don't social distance, you know, and then, and this, and then five minutes later, I see them posting, you know, stuff on their social media feed of them at a concert, you know, and I'm like, okay, really? Like, I don't think that you are they're really all that concerned about it. Right. If, if you, you know, you'll go to the concert, but you won't come to church. Like, I, I don't know. So I, again, I'm just kind of confessing that as, as a leader is that that that's been frustrating uh, for me. And I think, you know, again, then how do you, how do you interact with people when you kind of know that? And it's like, so, and, and the, re, the reality of that, right. Is I think too, some people have just gotten out of the, out of the habit, right. Of being involved in church, you know, again, they're realize that, Oh, wow. I can just kind of watch in my PJs and, and, you know, check off the box and feel good that I heard the sermon for the week and just not have to come, you know? And, and so, um, you know, again, that's, that kind of plays into that kind of same frustration. So, um, you know, again, as, as our engagement, the ones that are here, again, our engagement levels have been great. Right. But yet, um, again, the struggle has been with the other ones that haven't come back, you know, or, or why, or, you know, what they're just kind of the, the extra busyness of life. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the thing that we're fighting is we got a chance to slow down. We got a chance to see what's more vital, what's more important. And we have to fight the, uh, the urge to want to just refill those schedules with, you know, more crazy things. Like hopefully we're holding on to more tangible things. We've, you know, given up some of those things that were more, um, 
whatever consumer based by nature or whatever to fill ourselves with more substance with that of God. And so not to just get in the busyness. I think, again, that's a tool that uh, Satan can use again to, to, to isolate us. And so if we're busy, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So I think that's, that's apt. Those are things that, um, you know, we've really had to help process, but no, great. Yeah. All right. So now as we, now let's step out of the Eeyore room. Okay. And, and it's a time of struggles and guys, let's go back. And just to say, now we're going to um, step into the Holy of Holies. Let's say, let's step into God's presence. Right. And, and more of his unhindered presence. And to say, uh, let's wrap up this episode, wrap up this season right? With just some of the ways we've seen God work, right? What has his spirit done? How, what, you know, how have we seen God work? Oh boy, that's a big question. I mean, I think, you know, as we continue to pray about those things, like I said, one of them for us is uh, potential bringing back a school. You know, I think um, for our ministry, that's a big thing. It's something that we've been historically known for. Um, and this time around, it might require some partnering. It might require us to uh, function in the things that we talk about in unity as a church. And so I think, you know, if you look around our parking lot at this moment, you would see uh, a couple vehicles that belong to a church. That's not Church of God. You'd see a truck that is a part of um, a food truck for a Peruvian a restaurant that's a block up. And so utilizing these things and God to continue to open doors for us to work together, I think are, are, are the things where um, I'm looking forward to more for where God can direct us. Um, something like a school uh, would be huge for us because again, that helps with the equipping and training um, of another generation. And so I don't think that's the end all for us, but it is historically, again, one of those metrics that we've used to engage with families, to have kids uh, know that Jesus is our savior, that there is a, uh, a sewing process that goes into play. So I think some of those come to mind. Yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah. As I think about that, again, I, I look back, I've seen God again, opened up some doors for me, like in the community. And again, we've talked about some of those things and things that aren't directly connected to the church, but I, that I think that, that God's kind of shown me that that's kind of the next phase of where we need to be again, and just to step up the game and that community engagement and just the, some of the relationships and conversations that God has opened up there uh, in some of those venues has been just very, very rich. And I think that's, you know, again, seeing that, I mean, they're still ongoing. Like, again, I, you know, I wish I could be like, yeah, and just, you know, people flocked into church and, you know, just got on their knees at the altar. And because of, you know, I mean, then that, that, that hasn't happened, but yet I, I see the potential of that. And I see how God has orchestrated some of those conversations and relationships. Um, I think one of the other things, again, you talked about in one of your big victories, but even about uh, some of the baptisms that you did this last year and, and some of the different, you know, interactions you've had with some people in your church, Again, thinking back through that, um, you know, seeing some of the some of the journey stories that people have shared over this last this last year, and just how God has worked in their hearts. Uh, again, I can think back of just the baptisms that we've done the last year, and and the stories that were connected to those, and, and seeing how how pe how seriously people are taking their faith and they are moving forward in their journey and closer to Christ and being obedient and some of those things. Um, it, even some of the, I, I was, I even actually shared with my staff today, we, we did a, just a devotional thing, our staff meeting about the power of prayer and, 
Hey, we were just seeking, you know, about praying for this next year and, and different things. And like I shared with them today too, that I had, again, just last year, just in the last month, actually, um, just a first for me as a pastor. And again, I've been in, you know, vocational ministry for, for over 20 years. And, and yet, you know, I've done a lot of hospital visits and family things and kind of prayed for people and kind of all these different situations. I mean, again, it's just kind of part of what we do as pastors, but, um, just, again, I went and prayed with a family over this uh, little two-year-old boy that was in the hospital here just a couple of weeks ago. And like, again, I met with him a couple of different times, like first time he just really wasn't doing good and went down there. And, and again, our hospitals are still pretty locked down. As I say, like, we're not, you know, COVID over, like, I mean, there's still things that, that are locked down and, you know, um, but again, as a pastor, like, I was able to go in there and, and pray with his mom and like, you know, lay hands on him and pray over him. And, and like, it was just really cool to see how seriously this couple was taking their faith and, and put, putting God, you know, putting their son in God's hands. And, and like I said, the first day, like literally we got down, like on our knees next to his bed, lay hands on this kid and pray over. And like, I prayed over him and, you know, like, which is, and that's not out of the ordinary. Right. I mean, I've done that before, but, but then like, I get done praying and I'm kind of like, all right, just pray over him. And then she starts praying. Right. And to think, and I'm like, oh, wow, like I've never had that happen before. Right. Like where you get there where, and, and she just, again, pours her heart, her heart out to God and, and about her son and just prays for healing. And, and like, and just, like, that was just a cool experience just to see again, her faith. Right. And just come and, and how, how strong that was. And then when I, I met with it, went back and was several days later and like, I mean, God literally got healed this, this kid. I mean, he just changed. Like even the doctors were like, wow, like he's not the same kid. And you know, they were like, no, he's not like God healed him. Like, and, but then came back and like, and I prayed with him, like literally the night before he left and was there and his dad was there then and his mom. And again, we prayed over him and like, and again, and like I prayed and then, and then his dad prayed. Right. And then right, he's done and his mom prayed. And like, I know just to see them just so ready to engage and like, just to live out their faith. And that way was just, like I said, it was just such a cool experience. And it was like one that, that unfortunately I had to say, like, it was the first time I've ever had like family members do that right and, and engage in that way like in a hospital visit or like you know or a visitation thing and stuff as a pastor and so like I said that's just I mean just some of the ways I think back not just that family but like I said some of the baptisms like again there was a, a married couple that I did their wedding uh this last year and you know like an older couple but just they were both baptized together right like literally just a couple months ago you know like seeing their you know, their faith, right. And how seeing how God, again, hearing their testimony, how God has changed our hearts. I mean, I think just to see like how I saw God work, like literally is how he is transforming people's hearts and lives and them taking their faith seriously. And I think that is just so encouraging as a, not just as a pastor, but I think just as a Christian, right. To see that like God's spirit is alive and is working and he's transforming people. And like, that's, it's just so incredible. Yeah, no. And I, when you said that, I thought of a, spot where I got to go and pray with a, a woman that had been a member of our church for quite some time and uh, almost 40 years and she was passing away and her son used to bring her to church uh, you know and, and make sure that she could make it and she hadn't been able to come for like a year and I got the call from her daughter to say hey mom's you know getting close and just interesting to hear people's perspective or as they've processed through other people's faith really to make a long story short she said, everybody has come here to say goodbye to mom, but she hasn't left us yet. And my brother said, well, she really likes the new pastor. Maybe he needs to come and tell her it's okay to go. And so I got a chance to go. And again, with the restrictions, you're not usually allowed two visitors and stuff like that. But um, they made the exception. And I got a chance to go pray with her. 
And within a few hours from that evening to between that and the morning, she'd passed away. And so um, just to see, again, not only the, the faithfulness of, of the servant that was going to be with the Lord, but the family uh, processed through their mom's faith of, well, I think maybe mom is holding on for this or those things. And I don't know that that's true, but just those stories, yeah, they're encouraging that um, people are identifying, even if it's not their own, that faith is a vehicle um, that is tangible, that is worth putting stock into and those things. And so anyhow, I don't want to draw this out longer, but when you said that, I really thought those are, are some of the things that we had in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I think that's the best place to end, right? As we wrap up this season, wrap up again, this first year for us podcasting uh, is just to see, see God's hand, right. And see God's work. And, and I think, again, that's just encouragement, right. No matter where you're at. And again, we all have victories. We all have struggles, right. We all have things we can do better. Right. Uh, we all have hopes and dreams for the next year. Uh, you know, and we do too, but I think just, just take, I encourage you, right. Wherever you're at, take a moment, think about, think about the victories that God's brought, right. Think about even the struggles and how God's brought you through those, right. And, and how you can rely on his spirit in the midst of that time. And just, but know that God is still at work, right. That he is moving no matter what context you're in, right. Whether, you know, you're still completely locked down at COVID or, or, you know, the restrictions, whether you're buried in snow, like we are in our places or, or never, you know, or whatever, but wherever you're at, just know, right. That God is at work and God is still the God of miracles and he still has that power and he's still working. Um, and he wants to do that miracle in you as a leader. He wants to do that miracle in your church, right? And in your community. Um, so just keep, keep going, right? Keep going. That's, I think that's just, you know, the theme for all of us, right? As we get through this, keep going because God is still going. Yeah. God bless you guys. We look forward to a happy new year for all of you. And, and thank you again for tuning in. God is in control. He has a plan. Acts 2028. 20, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 20, podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 20, Podcast or send us an email at acts2028podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 as we serve in the established church.